Hello, my name is Hannah Roberts, and I am the project coordinator for Atlantic Baptist Stories, a new initiative from the Acadia Center for Baptist and Anabaptist Studies. This project aims to collect the oral histories of Baptists from Atlantic Canada, and those stories are what I'll be sharing with you on this podcast. Today you'll be hearing from Shirley McNally. She and her husband Hugh were Canadian Baptist missionaries to India. Shirley describes some of the work she and her husband did, and she also talks about some of the changes they have seen in the Baptist world over their lifetimes. One interesting anecdote is Hugh's experience witnessing the ordination of Josephine Moore, who was the first woman ordained by the CBAC to pastoral ministry in 1954. Shirley was interviewed by Dr. Melody Maxwell, who is the director of ACBAS and who began the Atlantic Baptist Stories Project. Dr. Maxwell gave some of her time to talk to me about oral history and the intent behind this project. So make sure you stick around to the end today and you can hear that conversation and get a better idea of what we are trying to do and whose stories we are interested in. I'm Shirley McNally, and Hugh McNally is my husband. I was born February the 22nd, 1935, in a home for wayward girls in Dundas, Ontario. I was adopted by a wonderful Christian family, Harry and Mabel Frid. I was three weeks old. Hugh was born March the 26th, 1935, in Queensbury at McNally's Ferry, York County, New Brunswick. We live now in Greenwich in the Annapolis Valley and enjoy it there very much. We moved there in 2015. I grew up in Collier Street Fellowship Baptist Church in Barrie, Ontario from 1940 to 1953. From 1940 to 1951, I attended church and Sunday school regularly with my parents. My dad called that the old convention. Hugh attended Prince William Baptist Church near his home from 1940 to 1953 in New Brunswick. We had no youth Sunday school class or youth group in my small church. In my teen years, I taught the little children's Sunday school class. I would often go to Wednesday night prayer meetings with my dad. My parents had a big impact on my life and faith. My dad, Harry Frid, led me to the Lord at age six. When I asked him, what does the chorus mean? God has blotted them out, I'm happy, I'm glad, I'm free. God has blotted them out, I'll turn to Isaiah and see. Chapter 44, 22 and 3. He's blotted them out and now I can shout for that means me. I asked for God's forgiveness and promised to follow him all my life. Our high school, inter-school Christian fellowship sponsor, Mrs. Heath, was the wife of the vice principal of our high school. My friend from grade one, Nelma, and I had leadership in that. A high school yearbook showed a picture of 40 students attending one year. When I finished high school, I had good marks and wanted to go to university, but none of my 22 first cousins had ever gone. Three had gone to Bible school and became missionaries. After an inter-school Christian fellowship retreat, we had the guest speaker for a meal at our home. Dad was afraid I might become an agnostic or an atheist if I went to university. The visitor persuaded Dad that it would be all right to let me go. I did go to University of Toronto and was very active in the University of Toronto Varsity Christian Fellowship group. 
During my third year, I served as secretary of the VCF group U of T. There were residence Bible studies, early morning prayer meetings, and I had lots of Christian friends. Through my Campus in the Wood leadership camp experience, I met my husband in a university class in Toronto called the Age of Enlightenment. All of our children were active in ISCF in high school. This experience has affected three generations of our family. I am grateful for this legacy. Now for Hugh, Mrs. Josephine Moore was Hugh's pastor and led him to the Lord when he was 13. He was baptized in November in the St. John River by William L. G. of Brunswick Street Baptist Church, Fredericton. Mrs. Moore was not yet ordained, so she didn't feel she should baptize anyone. Mrs. Moore encouraged Hugh and had him teaching an adult class when he was 15. And the youth would go with little services and have a singing and five-minute sermon for shut-ins. Hugh wrote in the 1954 Convention Assembly in Woodstock, New Brunswick, when the vote was taken on Mrs. Moore's ordination. She was the pastor of my home church in Prince William, New Brunswick at the time. I had become a Christian through her ministry. Our church had asked for her ordination and I was thrilled when her ordination was passed. When the vote was announced, there was complete silence. Then Dr. L.G. of Brunswick Street Baptist arose and addressed the assembly. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that this is a historic moment in the life of our convention? I sincerely hope that the step forward taken in 1954 will not be reversed by a step backward in 1987. This is quoted from an article on women in ministry in the Atlantic Baptist magazine and in Priscilla Papers, the magazine of Christians for Biblical Equality. There were no women pastors or women in leadership when I was growing up except Mrs. Moore. There were no people of color in Barrie when I was growing up at Emmanuel Fellowship Baptist Church where we were married. That church still does not have any women among its eight pastors. Women all wore hats. Everything has become more relaxed. There were several women who have served as president of the Atlantic Baptist Convention. One of those was Saint Reverend Sandy Sutherland, who had worked with Hugh for a year in his first pastorate back in Canada. She was with him from 1979 to 1980. In 2012, when Sandy Sutherland was president of convention, the vice president took the chair and there was a debate about whether Atlantic Society for Biblical Equality should be a partner ministry with the convention. Because of the strong reaction against the motion, Hugh withdrew it. I moved from Collier Street Fellowship Baptist Church in Barrie, now Emmanuel Baptist, where we were married to Hughes Church in Prince William. That's where my membership was when we went to India. When we were living in Buyudu in Andhra Pradesh in the 60s, we mo both moved our membership there. Hugh was often preaching in small villages or towns. Sometimes I went with Hugh to the villages, but often attended with our children in Wiyuru, since it was very close to walk to from our home. While in Wiyuru, I taught a high school girls Bible study in our home and also spoke at a number of women's retreats. Our three children were all born in India, Heather in 1961, Wanda in 1963, and John in 1968. 
From 1974 to 2000, I attended the church in which Hugh was pastor. Riverview Baptist from 1974 to 1980, Grace Memorial Baptist in Fredericton from 1980 to 87, and Bridgewater Baptist 1987 to 2000. In all of these churches, I taught adult Bible classes. When Hugh retired, our son John had become pastor in Kentville Baptist in 2002. Along with John's family, we attended the Baptist Federation in Calgary and also in 2001 in Halifax. We moved our membership to Wolfville Baptist where our daughter Heather was attending. In India, Hugh was very active in the Convention of Baptist Churches of the Northern Sirkars. He was one of the treasurers. This was called the CBCNC from 1960 to 74. And then he had a year of furlough and studied at Hartford Seminary Foundation in Connecticut. When we went back to India, he taught in the Kokonata Bible Seminary for a year and a half, 1960 to 61. He felt that there should be an Indian nationalist principal, not a Canadian missionary, so we moved back to Iyuru. He preached and did village evangelism and mentored many of the young pastors. He also held annual youth camps for older high school male students, college students, and younger pastors. Back in Canada, Hugh also did deputation, now called home assignment, for a year, visited many churches, and, and went to the Western Canada Banff Pastors Conference and represented Canadian Baptist Ministries at the Urbana Conference in 1974. I did not attend any convention assemblies except in 1960 when we, along with other outgoing missionaries, were farewelled. We also visited several Atlantic Baptist churches for area missionary rallies. I remember Moncton First Baptist, Halifax West End Baptist, and Charlottetown First Baptist. We also had a farewell rally in Montreal just before we set sail for India in 1960. When we were in Canada, we took our children with us sometimes to the Atlantic Baptist Convention. They were involved in the children's programs. Other times, we left them with their grandparents in New Brunswick or at home, if, or if they were working or off to university. We both attended Atlantic Baptist Convention as delegates every year from 1974 until 2015, except for the year that our son John was married in Kingston in 1990. I was very active in women's missionary societies, the ABW, in the churches that Hugh served as pastor. From 2002 until 2012, I wrote a 900-word article for tidings each month, each edition. The, the ABW magazine had 10 issues a year. I was also active in ABW and Kentville Baptist, where we attended. I want to tell you a little bit about Hugh's retirement. Hugh got to know Dr. Harry Gardner when he was serving on the board of Canadian Baptist Ministry and they worked together on many things. And then he served on the Convention Council and many committees such as the Baptist Historical Committee and also as a volunteer research assistant to Dr. Gardner. Hugh also did work on policy governance throughout the Convention. He attended many meetings of the African United Baptist Association Hugh was a champion of women in ministry and mentored many women for their ordination and preached at many ordinations for both men and women. 
In the transition year before Dr. Gardner became president of Acadia Divinity College, Hugh taught church history and Baptist polity at Acadia Divinity College. He had previously taught similar courses in the Convention's lay pastor training program. Dr. Bob Wilson was interim president during that time. When Bob returned to teaching, Hugh taught Baptist polity along with Bob's church history. In 2011, Hugh received an honorary doctorate of divinity from Acadia University for his contribution to Baptist life in both Canada and India. Following this, he founded and became the first president of the Atlantic Society for Biblical Equality in 2009. Due to failing health, he resigned from ASBE in 2014. Hugh preached his last sermon as guest preacher on Good Friday in Bridgewater Baptist, where he had pastored for 13 years before retirement. The church was crowded. The following Sunday, the congregation moved to their new facility on the other side of town. I'm here with Dr. Melody Maxwell, who is the director of the Acadia Center for Baptist and Anabaptist Studies, as well as associate professor of Christian history at Acadia Divinity College. Dr. Maxwell, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you today. To start with, could you tell us a little bit about the work that ACPAS does? Absolutely. I am excited to be part of the Acadia Center for Baptist and Anabaptist Studies, and we do just that. We look at Baptist and Anabaptist, two groups that came out of the Protestant Reformation, and look at their history, their identity, their future, and we do that a lot of ways. We have events, we have lecture series every year, we publish resources, we have a blog, we gather scholars and everyday people together. We just had our 30th anniversary celebration where we talked about the founders of ACBAS. We talked, we had a lecture about Anabaptist studies, Anabaptist history, and we also talked about the importance or do denominational labels matter? Are they important or not? And so you can find some of that on our website. That's acbas.acadiadiv.ca. And we're very happy to be working on this oral history project now as well. Yeah, you originated this project. Is that right? That's correct. What prompted you to get it going? Yeah, um, I came to Atlantic Canada a few years ago and was intrigued by the rich Baptist history that I found here and wanted to help share some stories of the folks from here who have some connection with Atlantic Baptist. I had done a previous oral history project of the first women ordained by Atlantic Baptist and found that fascinating to hear people's stories. And so applied for some funding through Acadia University, through the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council to do some studies about folks um, from Atlantic Baptists to hear stories. So we really want to hear from the everyday person who is connected with Atlantic Baptists or has been in their lifetimes to hear their stories of who they are, where they've been, what what that church experience and denominational experience has been like for them, people who are in any way connected with any type of Baptist related to Atlantic Canada. Okay. Yeah. In some of the information that you first sent me on the project, uh, you talked about it focusing on everyday people uh, and said it was, that's kind of mirroring recent trends in social history. So I'm wondering What exactly is an everyday person and why are they trending? (laughs) Well, great question. I think that you and I would probably fit into that category. Um, You know, sometimes in the past when we've told history, uh, we talked about history, we've told stories of 
like military leaders and political figures and the head of a denomination. And we have not always looked at just the average layperson in the pews or, you know, citizen who's out there. And so social history and other approaches to history, similar approaches, look at who, what was happening in the everyday world, not just the leaders, because those leaders, while important, were only a small percentage of those alive at the time and those who were participating in church and denominational life. So we want to hear from those of you who are or have been pastors. We want to hear from those of you who are or have been denominational leaders, but we also want to hear from those of you who are just everyday church members and hearing what your experiences were like to help us better fill out our picture of Atlantic Baptist history. This project is collecting people's stories. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the nature of oral history, what it is about that type of historical information that seems valuable for your own work, for future work. Like what do we get from oral history that we wouldn't necessarily get from another type of source material? The richness of oral history is that it is people sharing their memories. It's like sitting at your grandmother's foot and just hearing her tell those family stories. It doesn't have to be someone who's much older than you, like your grandmother, um, but you're actually hearing people's recollections and their memories. You're hearing vividly what's important to them. You can hear the tone of their voice and not just read words on a page. Oral history is not um, like an official denominational record in the sense that you can look at the convention minutes and see XXX happen, but you get the story around those minutes and around the church minutes and what was happening. You get a a fuller, richer story. It's not the official perspective of the denomination. It's not, these are not words that are um, stamped endorsement by ADC. Uh, These are words of the people sharing their own experiences, as diverse as they might be. Um, sometimes people remember things incorrectly. That's that's something that happens with oral history. But often people remember um, impressions and events in ways that really enrich our understanding. So when you listen to these, know that they are one person's recollections of their own lives and the events that happened there. But how rich to have those from these folks while they are still living, um, no matter what age they are, and to hear how their stories help supplement our understanding of who we are and who we have been as Atlantic Baptists. So for those listening to these episodes that may not have a background in looking at historical sources or maybe thinking historically about something like an interview, do you have any tips on how we can listen to these stories best and how we can kind of get the most value out of them? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we should listen sympathetically. Um, We may not agree with all the things that someone says on a podcast. I don't know. We'll see what the interviews say. But Listen as if you were listening to a friend sitting at a table and they are sharing with you, or as I said before, your grandmother who's telling you stories. Um, Try to seek to understand the emotion behind the words that they're saying and also get yourself in your mind a bit of the historical context, right? If they're talking about the 1960s, think a little bit about some of the, the turmoil that was going on during those times and also maybe the church context, but mostly just sit back, listen, and absorb, you know, take the time you need to hear these stories. You might listen to a few of them and compare them um, and see what experiences that you find are similar or different. You'll hear some from a variety of perspectives, but simply listen and hear these folks' stories and enjoy and appreciate them, I think would be a, a great goal for everyone. 
Thanks to Dr. Maxwell and thank you very much, Shirley, for sharing your and Hugh's story with the project and for being the first to appear on this podcast. Shirley read briefly from an article Hugh published with CBE International, and so in case you're curious to read more of that, I've included a link to it in the show notes. As you heard, we are looking to gather more stories. So if you are or have ever been connected with the Baptist tradition in Atlantic Canada, we want to hear from you. You can go to our website, acadiadiv.ca slash ACBAS, where you'll find guidance on how to submit your story. You can do this independently or arrange to be interviewed and recorded that way. And if you know someone who you think really should contribute their own story, please pass this podcast on or get in touch with us at akbas at acadiadiv.ca and we can try to connect. Thank you for joining me today and I hope that you'll follow along to hear another story next week. <laughs>